That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the sound designer for The Lost Leonardo, Peter Albrechtson. There are only about 15 Leonardos known. To say I have found a picture like this is just so far-fetched. You're just going to look like a fool. This is the most improbable story that has ever happened in the art market. It's not even a good painting. So I find this painting that's cataloged as after Leonardo. The lost Salvatore Mundi, the savior of the world. For whatever reason, this picture attracts my attention. And we decided to buy it. Painting was very damaged and I removed some retouching. My hands are shaking. No one could have painted this except Leonardo. The joke was that that was a contemporary painting because 90% of it was painted during the restoration. Something's fishy here. But that's ridiculous. We have extensive technical analysis of the picture, infrared, new x-radiography. It's been authenticated. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> it should be Leonardo attributed. If it was by the hand of the master, then it would be exponentially upon exponentially more valuable. It was worth in excess of $200 million. This is the male Mona Lisa. You're now buying a global celebrity. Pour négocier ce tableau, j'utilisais un ami à moi qui est un ancien joueur de poker. C'est du jeu commercial. It's not about art and love. It's about money. It's about transferring funds. Whenever there's a lot of money involved, the world becomes a bunch of worms intertwined. You can stick it in the desert and lure tourists. It's not just art history, it's world politics. Everybody was complicit in dreaming up lost Leonardo da Vinci. Nobody really cares what the truth is. 240 million. 300 million. 400 million. This is the most expensive painting ever sold in the history of the art world. Where the hell is that painting? Nobody knows where it is. Let's uh, let's talk about this film. The first time we ever spoke, I believe, was about a documentary. And you blew my mind when you told me in that previous film that pretty much everything, I think it was Generation Wealth. You told me that pretty much everything I heard in that documentary, aside from the audio from the interviews, was created by you. So I, I sit down to watch The Lost Leonardo, and I notice it's a very, it's a very sonic film. It's a film that you really hear across the board. So I think you're going to tell me once again that even though much of the film is B-roll and recreations of people walking on streets and walking through warehouses and, uh, you know, uh, auction houses, there's all these sounds. You're going to tell me that you created most of that. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, there's some of this that is like actual events like the auction and stuff like that, but still even there it is it's being built up afterwards and you do that to be able to i mean create the the i mean this tension and this 
like the this this whole special like atmosphere and suspense that's in the film. I mean, I I I've read some of the reviews and several of them are like talking about it's almost like a thriller, and and I really feel the same way that it's that it's uh, it's such a t- like tense story and for really to recreate that feeling then what you do is that spend a lot of time on getting hold of like sounds from all these different places in the world where the film is taking place um so we have like all kinds of um geographical locations from all around the world so getting getting sounds from all these places but then building that up so it really fits with the whole mood of the film is incredibly important and and something that i had sound designers spend a lot of time on like just getting getting the feel right for for all these really intricate uh, like things that are going on in this story it's such a multi-layered film so on something like this, and you're right, I mean, a big part of the reason it is so suspenseful is, is how well you hear everything. On a project like this, they've obviously recreated a lot of footage. There's a lot of B-roll. Does it have its own production audio? It comes to you, you know, these shots of people walking down hallways or on the streets, or do you get effectively audio-less footage and then you kind of decide this is what is going to feel right and you just add all that in so it changes a bit i mean there's some of the b-roll where there's some specific things which we would like to keep but like like if there's something special going on but i feel that i mean a lot of it is i mean in, in documentaries there's this kind of tradition of kind of you you shoot some some footage which is yeah like you're saying you're calling it b-roll like it's just it's something to fill out the gaps in a way yeah but visually then what's happening in this film is that the b-roll is so incredibly important for for the whole feel of the film so I mean, in that sense, it's not really B-roll, it's more like A-roll, but <laughs> like, and because it's so important, then, I mean, you don't just want to have like a noisy room tone playing when you see something, a, a, a special place somewhere, like everything has to tell the right story. And that is why... I mean, we go to so, such great length to kind of really build up everything. So, yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot of uh, ambiences and effects and then also a lot of foley. Um, and then on top of that, it's also a lot of, in a film like this, there's quite a lot of score. Yeah. So often I also build up my sound so that they fit with the music. So there's a lot of places where... Kind of, I mean, in many ways, it's it's the whole musical f- flow of the film is so important. So I, I mean, often we, I, I did the sound together with two Swedish sound designers. Uh, so we were actually three people on it, and we spent a lot of time on like really building up the whole flow of the thing. So so there's a lot of places where like to go into 
some sounds, then they're going backwards or we pitch them so that they work with the music. In the score, a big thing was having this theme that this uh, vocal signature theme, which is actually sung by one of the singers who's also singing on the Green Knight soundtrack by Daniel Hart. Oh, that's cool. I'm obsessed with that score. Yeah, that's such a brilliant score. <laughs> I mean, they wanted to kind of create a voice for the Salvatore Mundi, for the painting, the, uh, the, the Leonardo painting. So um, a lot of the score is quite modern or like has electronic things in it. But then there's these moments where it's all about the painting and they use these choir arrangements, which sound like almost historical in a way. And I really loved that idea. So I got hold of a lot of the recordings that was done with this singer and used her voice as an element in the sound as well. So when we're in the desert, when the, 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 her voice is also a part of the desert winds. Oh, that's uh, cool. Her voice is also a part of like some of the elements in the in the, the some of the city soundscapes. Like um, so, it's so it's a way of kind of making both music and sound come together, but also making in a way creating like a sonic signature for this painting, which is. The whole story about this painting is incredible, but also just I felt that it was really interesting to um, kind of create a, a, a layer in the sound, which which kind of told you how, how 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 this piece is something that's been there for so many years. I mean, it's such an old painting that still fascinates us. I mean, it's a yeah, and I find that so incredible, and it's. It's uh, and no matter if if it's not a Leonardo or if it is a Leonardo, it's still a, a thing of the past that has survived all these many years and just keeps on fascinating us. I find that really interesting. So obviously, you uh, you you are doing a lot of creative work in this beyond just kind of providing these sounds to go with the footage, as you just described. Tell me about some of the sequences where you are providing background to, for example, I remember there's a scene early on where uh, it's talking about, it's showing the painting being transferred on a map and it's got kind of this whooshing sound as it goes along. Tell me about providing the sounds where, you know, it's not like it's a scene where someone's walking down a hallway. So you kind of have something to go with, like, I'm going to provide footsteps. Something like that, where you're really building from the ground up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I mean, that's one of the things I love about the film is that there's several of these moments where you kind of just have to imagine sounds because it's kind of, it's something that doesn't have a sound. So, I mean, how does it sound when, you see just a visual signature of this painting traveling through different countries. I mean, there is no sound for that. So I thought it was quite interesting to kind of make it a mixture of this female choir voice that I just talked about and then some quite modern stuff. So there's some electronic manipulations going on with where you kind of hear 
that it's also big business in a way. It's big modern business, like like this feeling that it's also like an industry. Yeah. So it's both on one side, it's like, I mean, beautiful piece of art and it has survived for so many years. But then on the other hand, it's also a portrait of, I mean, this modern culture of wealth. I mean, I mean this thing where you just... People have too much, too much money, and just like it's, it's so much about money, and so much about yeah. kind of showing off how for rich people that they can have these kind of tokens, almost like it's kind of like where you think, okay, it's it's really about it's all it's. I think for some of these people, it's really all about the money, and it's not about art or culture or uh, heritage or anything. It's really about showing how much money they have. Um, there's kind of that contrast in the story. There's definitely that contrast in the in the sound as well. So there's kind of on one side, there's these beautiful vocal sounds. And then on the other side, there's some electronic, weird, <laughs> distorted sounds, which have have this feeling of, okay, so this is how all this beauty from the past, I mean, how it ended up, it ended up in like being all about millions of dollars coming from billionaires who we don't even know. And where nobody else gets to appreciate it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as as you kind of pointed out too, the film has a thriller structure to it. So one thing I was curious about is... um when you were trying to sync up sounds with footage showcasing the real world, um, there's a presence to a lot of it that almost feels like a horror film. Like there's a scene, I think when it's describing, I think it was talking about the Freeport system and it shows all these warehouses and the lights start shutting down down the halls when get like this almost evoked like a horror film for me. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was curious about that. And then like the presence you gave the gavel bang that just is so authoritative and also serves as like a nice transition point. So tell me about some of these thriller sounds you created. Um, There's definitely like a whole thing of like a a lot of drama and a lot of, uh, I don't know if it should feel scary, but it should definitely feel like entering a world that is in a way like alien and yeah and scary in a way i mean it's so like this whole freeport thing that's quite big thing in the in the whole story i mean it reminded me so much of the tenet uh chris chris nolan's tenet where like i didn't know about this whole freeport thing and then suddenly like that's almost a world in itself and and that's definitely like that whole thing got me thinking of this harshness, this harshness of sound. Like, like you're saying, like big, like where every sound feels hard and harsh. So, whereas um, kind of one of the main characters in the film is is um, this um, woman who has in a way kind of i mean she has restored the painting and she lives now in this beautiful italian place which has all these really like subtle beautiful italian nature sounds around her 
And then there's kind of like the absolute opposite of that, which is this free port warehouse kind of feeling where like everything is hard and harsh. Um, so we're really working with those kind of dynamics. So that was also a big thing sonically to kind of create that dynamic of just like getting you into a place where it feels like everything is on the edge feel that whole world also being very cold in a way oh yeah so so in inhuman and so a lot of that doesn't have any like human sounds to it it doesn't have any voices in the background whereas a lot of the uh, when you're in the cities and you kind of establish those environments and i often use sounds of the different I mean, the different places where we're in around the world, I often have background voices because I feel that creates a human element to it. But when we're in these warehouses, then it's all cool and you don't hear any voices. So it's a very inhuman world in a way. It feels like, like such a cold, claustrophobic environment. That was a big part of establishing that whole part of the story. I feel like you should have been a, uh, a psychiatrist because you do have a good understanding of how the human brain works and to how to kind of get under a scan. Because you're exactly right. This definitely made me feel lonely, oddly enough, when I was watching some of this, which is fascinating that you're able to do that. It's crazy. It's crazy how we react to sounds that way. I mean, because some of this is... I mean, it's not like I'm sitting with the director and talking for hours about the emotional effect of things, but it's really like when you start working on it and you then realize, okay, so this place, it feels like a place where you don't want any human sounds. So we kind of took that away and it just, it just felt like it should be very cold, but it's not something that... Like we we sit out and make a big plan for an oh okay so this psychological makes you feel like this it was more like just when working on it that okay so this is these are the right sounds for this environment and when you make a movie like this where it's in a way it's quite fragmented because it's so many interviews and you kind of jump from place to place then it's important really important to find a sonic signature for each of these environments that you're in so uh, that whole kind of freeport warehouse thing really got its own kind of really cold sonic feel this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of krista makes a podcast a songwriting podcast where every week i'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing recording and release of one iconic song from their career in our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music, or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. 
We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So, and then the last thing I want to ask is obviously everybody, um, you know, this, this film ends up being about a lot more than just, is it, is the painting real or not? You know, I think, as you said, this exploration of greed is what makes it so interesting, but, but I am curious to the extent the truth exists, what do you personally think it is? It's really hard to say. I mean, I, I must say, I, I'm, I, I don't think I'm really kind of thinking that it is real or it's it's fake. It's for me, I like that the film doesn't give a conclusive answer for this, and I find it actually quite important that we're not making like necessarily a film which says yes or no to that question but that it's much more up to the to the audience to kind of decide on this another big thing in the in the film is the way that the media like reacts to all this and how you there's a lot of like clips from different media like a lot of sound clips from media from around the world and that's something that kind of accelerates throughout the film where you hear like all kind of different media from around the world saying, okay, so this is what happened or what, or what's happening now. Um, and that whole thing, we also, I, I, I made all these collages of sound of these sound clips, which just accelerates throughout the film. So it becomes more and more dizzying all these things where you just hear uh, news reports from all around the world talking about this painting and oh this was all you i thought this was the editor so oh those montages are fantastic yeah so the editor kind of found found these different clips and then for me i instead of just being small clips saying something then i built up this whole collage of them so that it felt much more like they're coming from all around you and they just like, it just keeps on accelerating throughout the film. So that's something that I found very interesting because it, it fits so well with the theme of the film that, okay, it's, it's really, I mean, it's also about how the media reacts to this and how they really love a good story in a way, but like it becomes, it becomes so much about like the sensation of all these things and I feel that in that sense, it's, I mean, it, this is not just about the rich and the poor, but it's also about the media going crazy for these things. So I thought that was very interesting to use in the sound as well. So you have kind of like almost <laughs> an accelerating amount of just news coming in. So I was sitting with the director, Andreas, and we 
we kept on finding new news clips like that somehow underlined this whole media chaos surrounding the painting. So throughout the film, it just, it keeps on like getting crazier and crazier and crazier. So you almost have this feeling that, okay, this, it's uh, like a whirlwind of, of information and it's super fascinating. I mean, whoa, it's so much money, so much like cultural heritage. Whoa, this is really interesting. But at the same time, it's also like a drug that like makes you high in a way you can kind of i mean i feel that throughout the film you can also feel a little bit of this rush that these rich people must feel when they kind of well they they found this painting they can they can have it they it's amazing and the same kind of like rush you i i feel that you get from the film which and i think in that regard that saying okay so this is a real painting or this is a fake i mean for me the film is not so much about that it's more like describing this the crazy art world as it is yeah one of my uh one of my hands down one of my favorite aspects of the film you're talking about the media hoopla is the um just absurd promotion that christie's did for the painting yeah. to get everyone on board, <laughs> like bringing in Leonardo DiCaprio and having him yeah. cry and all those, those that footage of those people like getting tears in their eyes, looking at it, just hysterical. <laughs> it, it definitely makes you feel very cynical. You know, it's something that's so pure, like this wonderful work of art and you just get like a, a, a marketing blitz of it. And um, I, I did like the way it was structured too, to make you just, feel uncertain about a lot of things and a lot of people some of the footage the editor of the film chose to uh certain people when they're talking they're looking off camera or just yeah, exactly. including these shots of them that just make them look suspicious so but also make them look human in a way so i mean because sometimes these movies with experts talking it becomes so much like okay, that's just another expert and just another expert and they don't feel relatable in a way. Whereas I feel that when you show some of these people and like they, you can feel that they are, they are also a little bit insecure about what's going on or they're not like, they're not certain about every, everything. And I like that kind of, yeah, uncertainty that's in the film. Like there's not a narrator telling you, so this is the truth. It's really like, you have all kind of narrators telling you different things and it's kind of often like one person is saying something uh, which has kind of one story to tell and then someone says the opposite thing and it's not really like, okay, so this guy is telling the truth and this person is lying. No, no, it's just like, okay, who's saying what and what's the truth there? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that. So how long until you become a full-blown film composer, given the uh, all the like almost score-like work you've done on this in Killing of Two Lovers? It's coming, right? One of these days, we're going to see you get a full-blown composer credit. <laughs> I really love working with very closely with the composer. I think it's incredibly important for the sound design to really integrate with the music a lot. So that's also why I did that on this film but I mean I the composer uh, uh, Sveinum Swedish composer did this 
I mean, um, his his score is really amazing, and I mean, <laughs> there's no chance I will be able to do anything like that. So, yeah, is it gonna be on Spotify soon? Because I want to hear the score again. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I wish he'd put it on. I'll I'll ask him to. I'll ask Please him to do. do. That. I would like everybody yeah. to hear it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, for me, this. I mean, this the score has this amazing kind of dynamics to it both like i mean being modern and and classical at the same time but also i mean sometimes emotional sometimes very suspenseful and it's pretty amazing how many different feelings it kind of encapsulates um so um, what i then do with the sound is often like really like making sure that the sound sounds fit with Sveinung's music all the time and like when we do the last mix pass it's often like then Sveinung is saying like well this is really great but then there's this this sound that comes in there could you pitch that a little so that the tone fits with the music that comes in next and uh, so in that way we really kind of inspire each other and 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 I mean, the the sum of our work is kind of more than any of us could create individually. Well, Peter, this is yet another wonderful piece of work, and I look forward to uh, hearing your work in what what is your film going to Venice called? That's called Costa Brava Lebanon. Costa Brava Lebanon. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing that. And I know you still have a secretive project you won't tell me about. Is there anything else that is public already that we can look forward to hearing your work in? No, but this one will be good, Will. I, I promise you that. I'll, I'll keep you posted when I can say something. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Peter. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Talk soon. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the sound designer for The Lost Leonardo, Peter Albrechtson, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Veloz Leonardo is currently playing in theaters and available to stream on VOD from Sony Pictures Classics. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.